Alright. Yeah, motherfucker, what? Silver rings in the building. Uh huh. Buckle up or get knuckled up. <laughs> What's up, big house? My man. Amazing. Blessings. Blessings. Great to see you, man. man. It's an honor to meet you. Honor is mine, bro. Are you good? Okay, wait. Hey, my man, Freaky in the building. Freaky in the building. Yeah. Yes, sir. He's right here. I don't know how to fit him in the middle. And my man, Sufyan AZ. So the guys, they got me a cake for my birthday, man. Big up to them. And I was going to tear, but yeah. You know that, what that's for. Yeah, man. I didn't get a chance to whoop your ass on the court. <laughs> We're good guys. Freak hey. in the middle. So this is something that you guys don't see every day. Freak is in the middle. He's right. Freak. <laughs> uh, they can probably. I think they can. So, so we're going to do a who ride. Yeah. We're gonna ride off on motherfuckers. We're going to do that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Silver rings, man. Welcome yeah, man. to Buckle Up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I know it's 12.40 uh, a.m. That's crazy. Dubai time. You're flying out in like four hours. In four hours. Yep. And we're just going to have a chat. So yes, blessings to you, man. Um, blessings to you, too. For the people who, um, you know, don't know watching this and, and, and you know, don't know, I would say that this guy on my right right here, he is the first non-American affiliate for Wu-Tang. Right? Wu-Tang Wu yeah. I'm not talking Arab, I'm talking the first non-American, right? That's right, first so, non-American. Yeah, tell us about that story because I really, I'm dying to know. Where did that connection happen? I know you heard the album. No, I was a big fan mm. as anybody in the 90s. Yeah. And I heard they were coming to Amsterdam mm. in 97. They just dropped Wu-Tang forever. Yeah. May 26th in a venue called the Melquick. Quite small venue. Okay. About a thousand capacity considering they were popping like crazy back then it was quite a cozy uh, venue wow they came to the show i bought tickets obviously going to see my heroes and at the very end of the show they announced a little freestyle session for locals mm. so i'm in the middle and i can't get through everybody's rushing to the stage right and i had my crazy cousin with me who just came from morocco didn't know who the fuck Wu-Tang Clan was but he just came with me <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, I need to get to the front. Is he a big guy? Not, nah, nah, he's just nuts. But he pushed, like, he didn't understand about, you know, being polite and shit. He just, like, pushed me. Pushed, okay. He but pushed I'm being, you. Yeah, he pushed me okay. to the front. But I'm getting squashed because I'm, you know, I'm against people and dirty old dirty bastard oh man sees me and i see him and he's laughing his ass off because i'm in pain right he's making like it's funny to him <laughs> and he's knocking meth like yo look at that dude and they're making fun of me yeah i'm seeing i'm like yo dog <laughs> you know help me out here yeah, like, yeah. Give me. oh man and then when i finally got close to the stage there's a guy rhyming right one of the locals was rhyming he grabs my hand Pulls me up on stage, rips the mic out of the guy's hand, like didn't even let him finish. That's what Dirty used to do. Just tell a freak earlier. Uh. And just gives me the mic. And just autopilot, I start rhyming. This rhyme that I had prepared in my head that I knew. Oh, man. And it's me in the middle, uh, Dirty's here, mm. Meth is Meth. there, and RZA standing in the back by the <laughs> DJ booth by Mathematics. And it's kind of like an out-of-body experience. Look, just goosebumps. Like yeah, this shit yeah. was crazy. Let's be on stage with my heroes. So that alone was enough for me. Like, look, I can brag about this for the next two years. I think more. And <laughs> I finished the rhyme, and it's literally like it feels like I'm looking at myself. Like I'm, it's just I don't know what I'm doing. My mouth is just saying words, and I'm rhyming. But the crowd is moving, right? Dirty's feeling it. He's going like this. Mm. He keeps looking at RZA. When I'm done, he's like, "Yo, go see RZA." Oh my God. He was like, "Yo, go see the God." You know? I'm like, oh man. So I'm walking up, really like trying to play it cool, right? I'm like in awe, but I'm like, yeah, like what up? I'm <laughs> trying to play it hard, like not trying to be like, oh my God. Ah. Yeah. Oh man. So RZA's like. Like, yo, that shit was hard, yo. Like, you look like Clark Kent. Because back then I had, like, a bit long hair. Oh, I look like a nerd. 
But he was like, he looked like a nerd. It looks like you went into the phone booth and came out like Superman. Oof. I was, yeah, I was, I was, that's what he resident. said. Was yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, word? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, so I'm about to, you know, extend uh, Wu-Tang, like, like the affiliates and all that, the, into Europe. The discussion happened then? Listen, man, it was right there and then. And he was oh like, yo, God. we should talk about something. When he said we well, used to talk about signing, Dirty had a girl on stage, right? Okay. Right. And he's touching her breasts. <laughs> and her boyfriend is right in front of him. Right? And he's like, yeah, what, Dude, motherfucker? <laughs> what you going to do? You know, you bitch chose me. He's doing that Snoop Dogg shit. Uh, like, you know, you can handle this like some oh, gentleman. Wow. Okay. This is some gay. He's doing all this shit. Yeah, yeah. And the guys, him and his boys jump up on stage and a fucking fight breaks Wait. out. So Riz is like, oh, shit. And everybody's like, oh. And security rushes the stage. And I'm the first motherfucker thrown back into the crowd. You? Yeah. <laughs> Only time I ever stage dive. So they threw me. I'm like, no, I'm with the band. I'm about to fucking break a deal. Like, uh, like, that's, that's the story. And 90, yeah, yeah, that's the heard was, was trying to get in touch back with you. Yeah, so then yeah, yeah. I'm back in the crowd. I have no idea how to find out what hotel they stay at, how to yeah. get backstage. I didn't know about that part of the game back then, right? Mm -hmm. It was just like, they're gone. So then I'm like, I was this close. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just go to New York and try to find him. It was some stupid shit. Like, but, no but idea, sorry, what, no what was What was your feelings at that moment? He was talking to you about yeah. being affiliated yeah. with Wu-Tang. Crazy. Nobody was going to believe me. Yeah. Like, no one. Everybody, get the fuck out of here. Like, you talking shit. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you. Like, I'm telling my friends. Like, you said this, man. Oh, so I'm like, yo, I can't let that slide. So yeah. I spent the next two years after that, five times going to New York. Was there communication here? No. Nah, there was no, oh, not even internet at that damn. point. Like, wow. I knew there was a WooWare store yeah. in Staten Island. The first thing I did, I booked, I was 16, 17 or something. My mom thought I was crazy, but she paid for my trip. Blessings, wow. And um, yeah, my dad too, like it was supportive. Definitely gotta give him shout outs for that. And the main aim with that is because you wanted to go and... I needed to go and, and find out what could have happened that night. I just needed to verify, was it like a yes or no? Did I really have a chance to and in work under of, this banner? And in the span of these two years, they haven't really signed, because you are the first non-American. No, nah, they're still Wu-Tang. I mean, 97, they're huge. They don't just sign people. I don't know, just... but you were the first non-American. For me, that's huge. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was apparently, according to Rizzo, the only non-American that he ever considered at that time. Oh, God. Because, you know, you had the Wu-Tang Clan and then you had the Wu-Tang Killer Bees. Yes. The Wu-Tang Killer Bees yeah. are like the second layer. So there's a killer army, so yeah. a man. You're a kill family. killer bees. So, yeah. So I would never be part of Wu-Tang yeah, yeah, Clan. Yeah, yeah. Clan is the non-main members, right? Yeah. But you get to work under that banner. You use the W logo, yeah. record with them, you know, all that. And that was golden back then. Like, everybody wanted that stamp because that w is just so powerful why wu-tang why are you saying you, you use the word heroes what did they mean to you back then i just fell in love with the music in their lyrics there was nothing i can identify myself with like what they were talking about was mm. so far away from my reality so it wasn't that i didn't connect on the lyrics but okay it just sounded like some flash shit and i love the minor keys the dark samples the mm. obscure samples the drums the brotherhood feeling that came with it yeah it sounded like nothing else out there How's RZA like, like personally? Because like, like for a, me, he's like like a wise wizard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was definitely like a, almost like a godlike figure for me mm. at that point. But I got to spend a lot of time with RZA over the years. We went on holidays together to Egypt, and we went to Rome, wow. Turkey, Greece. Mm. Really traveled the world and just got to spend time together, just not talking about music, but just about yeah. life, life, normal stuff. So I got to see uh, a different side to him as well, and you got to see a different side wow. to me. That must have been exciting, I'm sure, for you. Like, very fucking weird. <laughs>
It was very fucking <laughs> Yeah. Weird. But yeah, I, exciting. Yeah, exciting is not even a word. It's mm. like unreal. It's unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, like I remember this flight, me and him, we were going to Sydney from London. You know how long that flight is? It was my first time in business class. I'm sitting next to him oh, man. for 24 hours or so. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to every right? question in the book. Uh-huh. You know, like, how was this made and what happened here and this and this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was... Uh, man. I know of you for quite some time. Obviously, we connected recently as well. Yeah. I host Saudi's first FM hip hop radio show. I'm really big on Arabic hip hop. Where do you see Arabic hip hop now? You know, because we had plans. Like when we say we, like there was a movement going on. Did that movement continue? Is it stopping now? You know. You talking about the movement? I was kind of pushing. Yeah. Yeah. So, 2003, I was back on tour with RZA. Mm. We were doing the biggest tour in hip hop history at that time. 67 countries. Nobody mm. had done that. I took Salahdin with me. Salahdin. Yeah. Who was a Moroccan rapper from Holland who was Just rhyming in both guy. Moroccan and Arabic. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, freak man, Salahdin man. So, uh uh-huh. Yeah, he was doing Arabic at that time only, Moroccan mm. Arabic. Loved this shit, loved the quality of the sound, loved his flow. But the Moroccan Arabic was still a bit yeah. premature. Yes, like, yes. It wasn't really flowing like mm. the guys are doing it now. And I just saw the reaction. We always, me and Rizzo used to bring him out during our show, not just let him open. Like he actually had a little segment during our show. Wow. So we would bring him out, and he's doing all this hor and dunya yeah. and all these all these songs, and and they were feeling it killing it you could see that the language barrier was just gone it was just all about energy and vibe you got rizza vibing to the yeah the back to it see that image alone for me is historic the fact yeah, that yeah, rizza yeah yeah like you know is vibing to an arab hip-hop artist for me yeah, like he went with us everywhere we were the first hip-hop artist to perform in egypt mm. it was uh kareem rush rush yeah, yeah 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 he brought us out there yeah oh uh, we, fred, we, was it fred no no nah, fred wasn't fred, even yeah, in the yeah. picture back then me and rizza went on the first holiday trip to egypt i don't know how kareem found out we were there but he hit me uh, and then he, he came to the story. hotel yeah yeah he yeah. was bugging out like yo it's risen <laughs> yeah, <Cairo."> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's bugging out. yeah so we met him super cool dude yeah and um wow. the next year he was like yo i'm gonna bring you guys out i'm gonna organize something with somebody and get you out here so we were the first hip-hop act to perform in cairo and took salahuddin with us again <laughs> and then saw the reaction to that again so we were just like yo Start a movement because I knew about Nazi back mm, then. I yeah. knew about Omar Fendi, Shadi, Emin Saud, yeah, yeah. Malika, yeah. MC Palestine, Emslam yeah. Joel. Letter, letter P, yeah. Letter yeah. P yeah. was now Letter yeah. P, yeah. And then Palestine, Palestine, you got uh, Ramallah and Underground, which is a boycott. Boycott, we knew came, about boycott, yeah. we knew about Tamil and them, we Dem. knew about DJ Lethal Skills. Skills. Lethal Skills was with yeah. us as well. Man. So we formed this little group of like this movement that we called Arab. A-Rap, yeah. A-Rap. And we, we were going to do shit. But at that time, it was like the Iraq war. We were all angry. And Eslam was rhyming about Fallujah and all that, you know, all that yeah. crazy shit. War and Salah was getting angry and Hezbollah and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So it was like mm. a different type of thing. But the quality was It was there. dope, it was right? dope. It yeah. Was, yeah. Still, when we listened to those songs, mm. it was dope. We did a song with the guys from uh, Outlandish. Yeah, Asam. Uh, Asam. No, this yeah. was before Asam did anything with oh, man. Fred and, and Kareem. So Asam came through. Uh, I am, you know, free. I am from France. Oh yeah, Freeman. He came. He was Algerian. He came through and did some shit. I think say a few 
came through and did some stuff as well. Oh. It was in the pipeline, but it was like, it was all great artists. Like Shadia was doing her thing, Malika was doing her thing. Do you remember Mesquina? Mesquina, yeah. Yeah, Mesquina was with us oh, as well. Oh, yeah. I remember talking to Buster Rhymes at one point and he had that touch it, feel it, you know, remember that That's right, song? Yeah. yeah. We were going to do an Arabic remix to that. We had actually recorded parts of it and I'd spoken to him. He was like, yeah, set it up and send it over. Because oh. he had like a bunch of remixes to mm -hmm. it, right? So I was like, yeah, let's do the Arabic version. Wow. So we had some recorder, but you can see already during that recording how scattered we were. Mm. Somewhere in London, somewhere in Egypt, somewhere in Lebanon, yeah. Holland, Philistine. Philistine. It mm. was just too scattered and never happened. And then it went silent for a long time. Yeah. And I think this is where I came in. 2008, I got hit by this Arab hip hop. I discovered Narsi, Shadia, Omar Effendim, and Loki. Yeah, and I was like, Loki, what? Yeah. These guys, why are we not airing these guys on the radio? And hence right. I started a blog called Revolt and then boom. Right. But yeah, this is. Freaking awesome, man. Yeah, man. I, yeah, shout out to Shadi. But man, this is incredible, man. The fact that you're able to be affiliated and associated with Wu-Tang, which yeah. is really, really incredible. But other than that, what's the vibe you listen to? Who you, do you grow up on? Other than Wu-Tang, obviously. Other than Wu-Tang, it would be Smith & Wesson, the whole mm. book. But, you know, Boot Camp, Click, Mob mm. Deep, Nas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy E, Love Easy, mm. Dre, Snoop, obviously. So um, from everything, from everything. Biggie. Right? Yeah, I was never into the whole bad boy camp too much, but I like Biggie, obviously. Mm. Yeah, I think that was about it. Mm. That was about it. About it. Yeah. Did you ever play chess with any of the guys? Yeah, I did play chess with RZA and yeah. Master Killer, I think. Wow, yeah. why? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, they, they crazy with chess, bro. They're <laughs> masters. Yeah. I've seen RZA beat the computer, you know? Oh, man. Like, beat an actual computer with chess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah they're incredible. That, so you're in Dubai now. You're managing Manal. Yeah. Uh, big up for that, really. She's an incredible artist, really. Thank you. Thank we also you. got Sufyan. He's back. He's Sufyan uh, AZ. Sufyan AZ. Producer um, of Taj. Man, Taj. So, Just tell us about this period where you're managing an artist right now and try to make a, an impact in her life. She's is a young, amazing, fresh talent out of Morocco. Yeah, I met Manal. I, was, I manage artists every now and then when I really feel like I can contribute and do something with it. So that's what Salah Din was one of them. Nice. Focus, the producer from Dr. Dre was on Aftermath. Oh, wow. I did him. Yeah. And then I think it went quiet for a while. And then I, what happened is I was in Marrakesh and I bumped into Manel somewhere in the cafe and I had met her before okay. when I was working with DJ Van. Mm. Van at that time was doing music with Saddam Jarrah in the studio. He was just, just starting to pop. So I'd be there every now and then. And then she was his artist as well. Yes. With whom she had done Dunya. I didn't see her for a long time. We bump into a cafe, say hi. And she knew that I had studied uh, entertainment law. So at that point, she had a contract from a record label out here. She was ready to sign. She hadn't worked with Van in a while. She was getting desperate. Uh, she wanted to release music and just basically almost signed it. And I said, oh, I can have a look at it for you if you want. Looked at it. It was the worst contract of all times. Wow. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, there were clauses in there where she was not even allowed to cut her hair without written consent. Was, yeah, nuts. Okay. Slavery. So that's, I, that's good you were there. Yeah, it's almost like destiny, right? Like, mm. so we were like, I was like, yeah, you definitely, I'm not, I don't manage you or work for you, but yeah, I'm yeah. not going to let you sign this one. Yeah. And then she said, could you help me out? And um, I said, I'll help you out with this, but I just had gotten a movie deal, mm. right, for the album that I did. I said, I don't have time. Like, I'm just not going to be able to do it. And she was cool with that. But then it was my mom, when I told my mom about it, my mom was like, oh no, you gotta help that girl. Like, you know, she, she loved Dinya. So like, just help her out. Like, you know, just get her 
to the point where she can then take over and maybe get somebody else to go. Shout out to your mom. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to your <my> mom. <laughs> Big up. <laughs> like, what I found in her was that she was crazy as me. I do shit that nobody dares to do with things that's too crazy, right? So when I said I'm going to join Wu-Tang, everybody mm. thought I did that. When I said I'm going to do the biggest world tour, yeah. and everybody thought it's nuts. You never booked a tour before. You don't even know the logistics of how it works. Did it work, right? Then when I said... I'm gonna do a one copy album. Everybody said the same thing. Mm. I got my own self beefed up right now. Like fuck it, I'm gonna just do crazy shit. No, but, but yeah, what that's, everybody says. Eminem yeah. was of the same thing. Mentality. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna come and help you do Habibi Habibi songs. Right. right. And we need that, especially with, with the women empowerment, and they're boxed in already. They already label them, you know. So uh, I'm yeah. talking about my sisters out there. There's already a certain label and a certain stereotype of how a woman should be, and I've yeah, always exactly. been. So it's I mean, amazing it's, that she's talking about that at a young age like that. For me, yeah, that's, and she's uh, got loads to talk about. Like what I liked about it is when she said, like, if I wake up one day and I have a topic. I want to talk about that demands me to do it in rock music I'm doing rock if I gotta do with rap I do with rap I yeah. just want to not limit myself I don't want to be Botoxed up I don't want to be like you know made like a pretty Barbie doll I just want to do right. whatever I want to do and I want to take it to the next step mm. and just not scared of what they call shock value and yeah. stuff and that's exciting it's to work with Man, it's yeah. amazing. Shout out to Freak and Sufyan for joining us, man. I'm, I'm really, really glad Freak. that they're here. Silver Rings, Zach, when it comes to hip-hop nowadays, how do you see it? Like, we, we come, okay, in the 90s, that kind of vibe, you know? How do you see yeah. hip-hop now? Because it has certainly evolved. There's some good stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not like, the, you know, it's just changed. Not, not just hip-hop, the whole industry. So the whole experience of how I experienced hip-hop in the 90s yes. is completely gone, right? Like, waiting for that CD to mm. drop and taking out the liner notes and reading and then music. You used to have longevity. You used to live with music for a very long time. Yeah. You used to bond with the physicality of music. That was an experience. The music was a soundtrack to your moment in your life, Oof. right? You could remember, like, where you were when you heard the chronic for the first time. I'm yeah. gonna tell you, how do you remember hearing lollipop for the first time? You're like, no, you no know, reference, right? Like, yeah, it's like something happened there where it became like microwave music. It's just wow, non but it's amazing. Yeah, releases non stop is oversaturated. Everybody's doing music, everybody got to dance, everybody's trying to pop. It's too much. Same feeling I had today to Dubai Mall. Mall. If I want a nice white shirt, it's just too many stores to pick from. You end up not picking from anything. Mm. It's just too much on offer. And it's hard for real stuff to pop up. That's what I like about artists like Adele and Kanye and Dre. Like, they don't drop every day. Yeah. So when they do come out, it's an experience. It's, you but know, who are you like, listening to now? Like, who are It would be Kanye, Kanye. Jay, okay. Kendrick. I listen to a lot of Moroccan hip hop. Yeah, you know, I listen to a lot of Shafeen. Shout out to Shafeen. I think the first person to really put me onto that was this guy in the back. Freak. Freak, yeah. Because I was still Freak. in my bubble, you know, like the 90s. And then he was showing me stuff about, yo, there's strap out there, but and, and these guys are, you know, you got to give them a chance. Yeah, Us, you got to. Yeah. And slowly, slowly, it started growing me because they are talking in their own way. Yeah, I might not 100% like the music, but it's growing on me and I'm loving it. Right. I love the fact that they have a following and they build their own following using their own and there's a level of quality and as well. A, yeah, man, production Even if you don't like the music, you can be like, that's like a Taj, Sufyan is here as well. I'm not just yeah. saying that because you're here. Man, what a dope production. Taj was another one that we mm. were, everybody was like, I'm not sure if it works yeah. with Manel. You yeah. know, she's a singer-songwriter. This is completely, I'm like, look, man. Boom. She's going to rhyme. She's going to put some grills on. She's going to have a baseball bat, yeah. gun. 
watch. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and that's what we need. Yeah, she said that on TV, which is kind of cool. Yeah, as long as it um, makes sense, man. Yeah. Artistic sense, then yeah. But yeah, that's hip-hop nowadays. Is, yeah. I don't know, man. Kanye is one of the people that I really, really look forward to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in this trip, you also had the chance to meet Narcy, which I know you guys have yeah. been talking for quite some time. Yeah. And Narcy, I've known for like yeah, 12 years. I've never met him in person. Well, that's amazing. Because also Narcy like, represents a, a lot of growth and, and authenticity in my journey. So the and fact, creativity. Yeah, creativity. You know, so, His videos and, were super dope. Yeah. And also, he's also evolved, if you see him. He was also rapping. You know, him and Omar Fendim were reflecting the times. Yeah. It was like a little bit of political music. And now you can see Narcy a little bit getting out of that. You still have that in him, but in a more creative, you know, sauce. Yeah, way. I remember having a talk with him when he was like getting tired of the whole political angle to it. Yeah. You know, just wanted to rhyme. Yeah, yeah, Narcy's dope. Omar's dope. We got real talent out there, man. It's just a, you know, lack of an industry and an economic model to sustain it and really push it to the next level quality-wise. So, so we're, we're, we're chilling here in Dubai. Big up to you. Thank you so much for your time. But I got to ask you about that thing that happened. What's up? <laughs> the album. The that Wu-Tang was, album. Yeah. That is the craziest story. Because ever. that's like a. Uh, I was talking to my um, <laughs> to my senior advisor, mm. you know, the guy that advised us. We had this crazy guy, Persian guy, Cyrus, who was with us with, between me and Riza, who was kind of guiding us through mm. PR and all that. I met him at a party and I told him about this one copy idea that I had. It's 2007. And uh, he thought I was absolutely nuts. And I said, if I had told you then that Cher was going to be on it, right, and that, and that she was going to tweet about it, and then uh, it was going to sell to Martin Shkreli, who would then be uh, arrested by the FBI, and the FBI is going to have to tweet about the album. <laughs> then U.S. Congress is going to call in a, a, a talk to discuss the album. Then the House of Representatives are going to tweet about the album, about what $2 million could buy in medicine. Then he's going to go to jail and the Department of Justice is going to seize the album. We're going to have to talk to the attorney general about what to do with it. If I had told you all that back then it was going to happen, you would, would you believe no. me? You'd be like, hell no. And that's exactly like, what's, what's Twitter. <laughs> this is what happened. Yeah. It went literally to the most hated man in America, mm. which was the best thing that ever happened to that album. I don't know. What, the, what was it? Method? that said something about... Yeah, me and Meth had a fallout about it, right? When the album came out and went on an auction, right? Yeah. It was on auction for about a year. Yeah. And we had a bunch of people come that wanted to buy it, including commercial companies. We had a $5 million deal on the table from a ketchup company, right? They wanted to buy it, but all they were going to do was use the hype of the album to promote ketchup, right? And we were like, look, we're trying to make an artistic statement here. We're going to allow this to happen. They wanted to release the music, right? On mm. their website. Yes. Blah, blah. Yeah. Then this is just a pompous marketing scheme. This is not a piece of art anymore. Mm. So I said, look, we're going to slap a non-commercialization clause on this. It's not allowed for whoever so, buys it to sell it on to the masses. Like you buy a Picasso, you can sell the Picasso one to one person. Yeah. But no one is allowed to release this album on iTunes or just release yeah. it for 88 years. For right? 88 years. Yeah. I was going between 36 years, which is a significant Wu-Tang number, mm. or 88 years is going to throw it into the next century. There were four purposes for the 88 years. That's in the book. There's a book out about this thing called Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Oh, man. There's a little bit yeah. long story to tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can check out why we did 88 years. But Meth didn't know about 88 years. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Now, we were in New York 
Forbes is about to do a new interview with us about this new development, 88 Years. We're, we're exhibiting the album at the MoMA that evening, Oof. right? It's the first time music is exhibited at, the, the, yeah. at the MoMA. Yeah, wow. So that for us was like, yeah, we got music as art, mm. being seen as art. That yeah. was an achievement. Forbes does the article and says, the headline is... I, I remember the headline. Wu-Tang Clan not releasing the album until 2103. Mm. So I call Forbes, I'm like, dude, that's not what we said. We're not releasing shit. We'll, we're dead by that time. Like, what we said is that whoever buys it cannot release it for 88 years. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 we know, but it's written below. I'm like, dude, this it's is, a, people read headlines nowadays. Don't nobody read what the fuck you're writing. Like, yeah. Change it. And they didn't want to change it. I'm like, this is going to snowball into the media like anything else we've done with this album. Which happened. And sure enough, that happened. The next day, Meth got an interview with XXL Magazine. Talked to him for 10 minutes. He is asked the every question said, in the book, yeah. right, about his Crystal Meth album, his Adam Sandler movie, blah, 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 blah. And then in the end, oh, so you guys are releasing the album 2103. He's like, what? What the fuck you mean, 2103? Like, I don't know about this shit, man. Yeah, see what I'm saying? These fucking gimmicks. You know, Meth is like that. Like, yeah, he's yeah. like real like that. So he gets all angry. He can't cuss out RZA. So he's like, man, see, Silver Ring, fuck that shit. Like... He goes on to that. Then mm. he goes to fucking Hot 97, does the same shit. And he shit. says the same thing. And I just met Ebro the day before in New York. I'm like, man, I just met dude. Now you're on his show. You dissing me like that? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he got burned by the media before. He That's why he never spoke to the media. Mm. He never wanted to because they did some funny shit with him. And he's falling for the same shit. So now RZA got a tweet to him. A tweet. Like, you're falling for the pork in the bun, man. Ugh. So he then sends an email to Risen, whatever, mm. all that shit happened and stuff. But um, wow. that's but what happened with, with the meth story that nobody knows. Yeah. How do you deal with all that? It's crazy. I just sit and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm in Morocco. I'm like, so much craziness has happened already. Yeah. You know, so you look looking at it like, this is unreal. But the value of that album went up because of it. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So it and so Martin Shkreli came two weeks later mm-hmm. and then put in the offer yeah. that got it sold. Because we had a bunch of people there. I can't name everybody, but I know Leonardo DiCaprio had sent in a friend of his. You remember the movie American History X? Yes. Remember the big fat guy that played the Nazi? Yeah. All right, so he came. He yeah. came on behalf of Leonardo because Leonardo was shooting The Revenant uh, in uh, Canada. He's a big Wu-Tang fan. Really? Yeah, he's a big Wu-Tang oh, fan. Oh, man. But man, I, I, listen, I really, anyway, I really appreciate your time regardless. And I oh, love the man. fact that Freak and Sufjan are also with oh, us. Oh yeah, man. man. Yeah, Definitely so. check out my man Freak out here. Yeah, man. Quality hip hop, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, you heard some of the stuff from Freak. Yeah. Obviously. What do you think about it? Not because he's sitting there and he's... Uh, nah, first of all, I like yeah. that it didn't sound 90s. Yes. First of all, like yeah. a lot of hip hop I heard mm. from it was upgrade. But what uh, um, the fact that he uh, managed to put good visuals to the song. Yeah. That's and, probably the, 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 the game changer for yeah. me. Of the time he directs the video because it's so important nowadays to have visuals to everything you do and the fact that he's going through the struggle with it same way that i know the moroccan rappers are going yeah going through it you're in this region which is harder than morocco which brings me to my next question what yeah. what can artists over here do because i think someone like you i think would you know whoever's watching this from this region because the support and the culture over here man is different morocco that. was here before like what would you guys going through yeah we, you they guys went there. through that and yeah, how well, did you... i never did because i was lucky no, no, enough yeah to be more, yeah but how did how did they pass through that they just kept going there's literally no fucking formula for it that's the yeah but if you look at Morocco right now you'd look at like you have a certain culture you have a certain image you have a certain sound that grew Dubai because it's diverse we don't have a certain 
Freaky. Yeah. How you doing, brother? Good, man. How's Same thing? on you, Johnny. <laughs> That's right. Happy birthday to this man. Oh, man. Sorry. Thank you, brother, man. You, man. Yeah, man. Salah. Yeah. Oh, man. Freaky. Actually, a funny thing. Ah, oh, I have to tell him a story right now. Yeah. I got to tell you a story. All right. So first time I met Freak. Yeah. Okay. So I just came from Jeddah, mm -hmm. uh, Saudi Arabia. You know, I moved in, but my son was diagnosed as autistic. So I had to relocate here for better uh, health for him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I came here and I found out that Hassan Hajjaj has, he's having a gallery here. And, and I wanted to right. start doing these visuals, you know, videos, interviews, not just audio. I've interviewed Hassan for my magazine. I have a Revolt magazine. It's online. Right. But then when I came here, I was looking for a video guy. So I hit up Freak. Yeah, man. That was the first interview he shot for me. It was the Hassan Hajjaj uh, oh, video idea. interview, you know? Right. And I remember Malika was also there because he was just do shooting Malika. Right. And Malika looked at us. He's like, Big Hass? Freak? Like, we're too opposite. What are you guys doing? To like, what? And like, I just said, the guy has a good heart, man. I love him. He's amazing right. and he's very talented. Absolutely. And yeah, so uh, one thing led to another and I really love his his style. But funny enough, the yeah. first interview that he shot was Hassan Hajjaj. That's and crazy. What does Hassan Hajjaj mean to you guys? Hassan is a very good personal friend of mine, man. Mm. Great soul. Mad talent, man. Super talented. Oof. Considering also how he came up, how oh, he moved man. to London at a very early age yeah. and just, you know, made it, made it happen. And, yeah. you know, the art world is even worse than the music, True. you know, to yeah, get yeah, in there yeah. and actually survive. Yeah. Hassan is just amazing guy, just, just really wants to support. Humble really, dude. Yeah, just like you, man. Like yeah. You guys both are like quite similar in the sense that you really want to oh, push, man. push, push, push. It's like a genuine Me, me and Hassan Hajjaj in one sentence, I'm done, man. No way. Coming from you as well, man, like oh, Silver Rings. Again, so you now managing Manel, you, you've been through all all these crazy stories, whether yeah. it's the story when you went on and then you, you disappeared for two years from the Rizzas and the, and, and the Wu-Tangs and you yeah. came back again. And the fact that you're the first non-American, again, affiliate to Wu-Tang yeah. and I still can shake your hand. Absolutely. That is Come amazing. On, man. That should, you know, no, that's yeah, dope. That should, but, no, absolutely. Uh, shouldn't change anything, right? Yeah, it's but like still, you know, because some people reach a certain level. And then again, that's my next question. Like, why do people change sometimes, you know? And what, what stops them from changing? How? Because I've seen that. I've experienced that. I think for me, I can't speak for other people. Is it people a way you've been brought sense? up, for example? or I'm always shy about talking about what I've done or what I achieved in that sense. Unless somebody just asks, I'll never ever speak out and say, hey, I do this and that. Other yeah. than that, I still think it's fucking unreal myself like i still hasn't really you hasn't know sank in? haven't sank no nah, really man, think about it you know how man. crazy my life has been bro like that this actually all fucking worked it's stupid man like if you if you think about it it's like how the hell did this actually happen yeah. the greatest hip-hop group of all time i'm does, not the greatest that, mc in the world is that friend of yours that pushed you is he still around Where, my cousin yeah <laughs> okay shout yeah, out to him yeah i got a video of him we yeah. got video of that concert Wow. So you can see him in the crowd. It's a crazy story. So it's it's almost unreal. Yeah, we were scheduled, by the way, for like a fifteen-minute talk, man. Yeah, but, yeah, this is, but this is, but this is, yeah. Now there's so many, so many crazy things that happened. Uh, uh, even with with Focus, where I was in LA with him mm. for ten days during the detox recordings, like in the studio. Just Dr. Dre still working on detox, and just being being there for ten days and sleeping in his bed, and he's sleeping on the couch, being in the chair that Tupac wrote hit him up. 
in, you know, like oh. just seeing detox being made and wow. stealing a CD and shit. <laughs> yeah, like that was nuts for me. That was absolutely crazy. Being on tour with the clan themselves. Mm. You, you know, know why this stuff is important? Because whoever is watching this or whoever has seen you talk about this before will also, it's going to be like, wow, like all these historic moments that happened, this guy witnessed it. You were yeah, there. I'm a nobody, so it could happen to anybody. Mm. Reza never signed me because I was dope. He, he actually thought I wasn't. He said, you're not a good rapper. Yeah, this is mm. when I finally met him, right? Like the, the fifth time yeah. I'm in the office. He's being called in. I got my demo. He signed me because he thought my determination and motivation wow. were dope. Overcomes. I need you to repeat that because that's yeah. the reason why he signed you. Yeah, because he said, you're not nowhere near a good rapper yet. I can't put you out right now. But, but then I he think, signed you because he determined. Yeah, and he said, we need more you that. under training of the clan. You're going to be all right, but you're not there yet. Why did he think that you were like that? What did he because see? Because what he saw was the crazy shit that I never thought he would see. The, the five trips that I okay. went up and I left demos and letters and shit. You know what usually happens he with saw that, that, right? Yeah, that's usually thrown in the trash can. Yes. Everybody's demos are always thrown away. He got them. He listened to them and he read my letters. Why? God knows. Wow. Yeah, that's the craziness. Because you go, in that time, everybody was sending demos to record labels. That's how you're trying to get on. Yeah. Somehow... His mom what? and his sister, his mom and his sister got me on. Because really? they kept telling him about this crazy guy that keeps flying in from Holland trying to meet him. And his mom at the end was like, no, you got to meet him, come here. I met his mom and his sister at Wu Nails. They had a Wu-Tang nail shop in Staten Island across from Wu Wear. So at Wu Wear, I'm dropping my demos off and you know, the guy's there looking at me funny, like, yeah, you know, like they're making fun of me, like, you trying to talk to Rizzo. But his mom was across the street one day, and I didn't know it was his mom. I just walked in and I said, oh, Wu Nails, would you mind giving my demo to Rizzo? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's my son. And I'm like, oh, she took my number, everything. And it was like, oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. You realize what happened here? Like, his mothers are, I mean, with, with, yeah, with yeah, your with case. Manabu, mom, yeah, in this Manabu, case, mom, yeah. you know, mom's Al Jannah Tahta Mahat. So, like, uh, heaven and beneath uh, mother's feet. feet. Absolutely. Um, okay. Okay, my last question to you again. I know blessings for your time. I know there's a relationship between Islam and hip hop, right? Mm -hmm. What can you tell us more about that? Because I know that for a fact. Can you, can you be more specific? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, like Rakim and all these people, they've used Islamic words like, you know, Allah, Bismillah, in the rap. Mm -hmm. Is that something you were interested in, or is that something you're talking you see about, like, like the five percent nation? And, yeah, and, even and, because even the five percent nation, like they also introduced a lot of people to Islam, you to know? a version to, of yeah, right? yeah, to yeah. a version. What yeah. are your thoughts on all that? If there's any thoughts, see, I always thought it was some cool shit that they would say. Mm. I never got into it because my interpretation of Islam is yeah. completely not that. That, okay. had, that nation of Islam interpretation had to, do, had to deal with, yeah, be feeling superior to mm. a certain kind of humans and. So, yeah, it was totally different. Mm. I, was, I wasn't into that. Because when it comes to books, I've read that you read the Quran, like it's something that you... I only read the Quran. I don't mm. read hadiths. I don't believe mm. in hadiths. I believe in the word of God, not in the word of men. Mm -hmm. And I think the hadiths, uh, the ones that split everybody up, got us all like segregated in Sufis and Sunnis and Shias yeah. and Wahhabis and Salafis. And you know, it's like in the Quran says that we're not supposed to split up in, in segments like the Christians did, right? Like I know a friend of mine mm -hmm. who converted to Islam through hip hop. He was listening to a guy called oh yeah the spark might come from anywhere right yeah and it's like plop and yeah and just and you know you, you, again however you're taking however yeah you, you know go grow into it yeah, yeah. it's so just it's me specifically i just that's how true. i that's how i think yeah. but yeah 
what's next for you? Uh, you go back to Morocco, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. we're flying back to Morocco yeah. in a couple what, of hours. What's, what's next for you? On the map? Just my now, got my now for the next two years, a year and a half. With a great deal with Sony Music here in Dubai. Yes. So working on her career, I'm co-managing Shafeen and helping them out. They're starting oh, to sweet. pop, okay. starting to pop in Europe. And okay. They're helping us out. We're helping them out. It's kind of nice. like a great collaboration. Nice, nice. Uh, Hopefully, we get some collaboration from the GCC to you guys as well. Yeah, yeah. They, like they already they already dropped some names. Nice people they like out here. Sweet man. We got the movie. We got a movie yeah. deal. I can't talk about much, but got a, you know, incredible movie deal. See, so maybe off the air. I will do that off the air. <laughs> and another conceptual album is in here. Mm. I'm going trying to execute something as crazy as the one copy. For uh, producers out there, what mm. kind of advice would you tell them? Because there's a lot of producers. I know, especially a lot of amazing producers. What kind of advice would you give them? I have no idea what I would tell a producer, bro. It's a saturated market, man. It, it like is. Sending five super amazing instead of ten I ones. You know, I don't know. You feel you're lucky? Super. What? Like you're lucky what? in the yeah. <laughs> I'm like fucking lucky, bro. Like So luck played would, played a role. Absolutely. Mm. I'm sure destiny has something to do with it. Some skill and determination yeah. has something to do yeah, with it. Yeah. But this shit is fucking lucky. Like, no, I did calculate some moves. I mm. did push forward. You know, I remember walking on Times Square a few months before I jumped on stage with them and being at Times Square, seeing the Wu-Tang logo all over Times Square okay. and thinking, you're absolutely fucking mad. Boy, what are you thinking? You're gonna get with that. Look at this. They were everywhere in New York. The W logo, Virgin Megastore, everything. Bam. Banners as big as this crane. That could get your hopes down or that could slap you back to reality, right? But I never let that but happen. But that didn't happen to you. No, I kept thinking about this cliche thing that anything is possible even though I didn't believe in it I forced myself to mm. you know just I'm like, sure man like but again blessings to you bro I, I really like well thank you so much for your you time going, right? again shout out to Freak man and, and Sufyan AZ for being Sorry. with us man Sufyan is dope ass producer man, man Sufyan check him out bro check out Manal Taj Sufyan killed it and hopefully we're going to be doing the third single with him as well we got some that sounds really great man amazing any last words for our viewers yeah yeah shout out to you man my like, brother man really really Habibi, fucking man, appreciate man. really really appreciate thank you so much man. genuine support and drive Blessings. to help and push hip-hop yeah. here in the most difficult part of the world right much love we can go on for hours and hours i wish yeah. you all the best my brother man have a safe flight keep that authenticity my man you always too, bro. You too, and one-on-one uh, -on -one in basketball i got you like you know yeah I'm we don't want to talk trash here but yeah yeah, just, I'm just keep it clean with this guy here, but I'm not a nice guy on the court. Shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you know, they call me the white shack back here. So like, I'm just a white shack. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Like, yeah. Blessings, guys. Peace of love. Shabbat Buckle up and get knuckled up. <laughs> Silver Shout out to the freak. Selfie NAZ. Big house. We out of here, man. man. Peace. Peace.